ABC Grandstand. You're listening to ABC Grandstand's Hens FC. Hens FC. On ABC Local Radio. it occurred to me during the week that some people that listen to the show might not even know the origins of that song. It's actually an Elvis Costello song, but it's recorded there by Dave Edmonds, who I think had the hit with it in Australia. So I just thought I'd throw that out there this week. It's only taken me a year and a half to give credit to Dave Edmonds and Elvis Costello for their work, but not to worry. The show today, we're going to talk about some, there's been some Controversial topics this week in the news. Haven't heard a lot of women talking about them, but you're going to hear women talking about them today. My panel, Joe Mackey from uh, Freelance Reporter, formerly with Fox Sports and doing a little bit around the ABC perhaps uh, in the... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay. Uh, Amy Hetzel, a Beijing Olympic medalist in water polo, who now presents sport on ABC News 24. Welcome to the show again, Amy. Good to have you back. Thanks, Deb. Pleasure to be here. I know. You've been hard to get this year. Like every time... She's got a busy social diary, Amy (laughs) Hetzel. Every time I message her and say, you free for hens? No, I'm I'm going up the coast or I'm going to Queensland or I'm... uh." Actually, Deb, I think it's the churning machine that is News 24. They work me hard down there, so it's hard to escape <laughs> yes well of course it's easier to escape today given the election stuff i imagine they're not they're not doing a lot yes. of sport today I, th- I always think they should Debbie. You know, i'm a little bit biased but um just to break up the election coverage somewhat but no it's a pleasure to be able to come up and, and join you today and uh, a special guest who i had on last year but we haven't seen a lot of her on hands fc or heard a lot of her and forward uh one of my colleagues from way back former sport a lot of people don't know you're a former sports journalist and i don't they? think they do, Deb. And in fact, I was only thinking this morning, you and I started on the air at about the same time. You yes. were broadcasting. We were the pioneers, as I am. Well, I'm saying we are. Yes. Uh, I started in Adelaide in um, sports pre- uh, presentation and journalism on the Seven Network. And you at the about, well, I won't tell anybody when it was. No, it was and uh, we, you and ages. I have grown up together. So I feel great um, camaraderie with you, Deb. Yes. So, so I feel the same about you, Anne Forward. <laughs> Uh, and uh, still takes an interest in sport, but uh, she's a columnist for the Australian now. And in fact, Australian you, Financial Review, please. Australian Deb. Financial Review. Mm. I'm yes, sorry, indeed. Australian Financial Review. Mm. And in fact, you can read her column today. Uh, it's uh, enterprising women. Indeed, is, is your regular topic, isn't Lovely it? Lovely so, fit so, for Hens FC. Really, that's what I was thinking. We're all enterprising women. <laughs> we here. are. So uh, we're we're all enterprising hens today <laughs> with Anne Ford. Now, I just quickly want to go through the panel and find out what you uh, ladies have been watching what's been getting your attention in sport this week. Joe Mackey, what's, what about you? Let's go back 24 hours, Deb. Last night, start of uh, the minor premiership, the, the big cocker hoop they are in the eastern suburbs at the moment, aren't they? I guess, though, everyone, while everyone's talking up the Roosters, they've won the minor premiership, but the big granddaddy is the grand final in Australia, which we know that is what everyone aspires to be. Look, a game... That was pretty much equal, but it was a game with, with well, I thought that uh, two, you've got Inglis and you've got Merritt, you've got um, Michael Jennings. Now, both explosive, explosive, but we didn't see any of that last night. It was so controlled a game. They sort of annihilated each other out in, in defence, didn't they? But look, um, I still think there's a lot to go. It's only six, uh, I believe, minor premiers 
have won the grand final in the past 20 years. Wow. Yeah, so while you can get excited about last night, I still think there's a lot to go. And if they face Manly or Melbourne, which obviously they will, uh, so Souths, Manly have come in form, they've got finals in their DNA, haven't they? Mm. They are very good sides. So hopefully, you know, the, the Burrow and the Chook Pen, they haven't peaked too early. And do you think think that uh, it will be a Souths Roosters grand I don't final? Think so. You don't think no, so? No, I, I'm not I so think, sure after I last night. I think Manly. Manly will definitely be there. Are you a man? No, you're um, a Queensland girl. Yeah, but you? I'm on the beaches. I mean, I'm looking like spring today. But I just think the past few games, their defence has been incredible. Mm. And, and they have peaked. They peak for this. And so I think Manly, and wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys... There's the Queenslander there. coming there, there out. We go. In. I, to, I just had to throw it in there. But exciting playmakers, and and I think though James Maloney and Pierce finally have sort of got together, and I think that Origin time they spent yes. together is finally coming together. Whereas Sutton, there were some terrible decisions last night. Well, that's in what I was saying game. to um, to Matt Head in the last mm. hour that that Origin big match experience with James Maloney and Mitchell Pierce will really stand them in good stead mm. coming into into the finals. Maybe. I mean, there's people that mm. criticised them, said they weren't up to it at origin level, but I think that might, might be a different story in the With finals. With a game you've played for 26 games. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Amy Hetzel, what's been uh, on your sporting horizon this week? Oh, it's been a bit of everything, Deb, but I have to say, given my background, I've been pretty keenly following the lead-up to the IOC Summit that's happening this weekend in, of course, Buenos Aires. Um, they're deciding a couple of actually really big issues this weekend. The first is which city will host the 2020 Olympic Games. A couple of front runners there. Um, they're also electing a new IOC president to take over from Jacques Rogge. Who do you think? Oh, look, there's a there's six candidates. Um, the favourite is Thomas Bark, who's actually a fencer from the 76 Games. He seems to be the front runner, but at this stage, anything can happen. The IOC summits uh, tend to be quite political. Um, no, which no. Is, oh, believe <laughs> it or not, yeah. um, which is actually quite well timed for the Australian election. Um, a lot of politics going on in sport this weekend. But uh, I think the favourite for the uh, the host city for the 2020 Games at the moment is Tokyo. There's Tokyo, Madrid, and, of course, Istanbul. Madrid, there seems to be a general consensus that they may not have the cash, uh, I guess, to, to provide the get for the games there in Spain. Istanbul, there's been a, a lot of geopolitical issues going on, of course. Um, Tokyo, there's still the issues of the radiation, you know, going back to the Fukushima plant episode. So there's concerns with all of them, um, and I think anything can happen. Uh, John Coates said yesterday the race is wide open. And it's like they're all serial bidders too, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they I do. Madrid yeah. and Tokyo... <laughs> and Istanbul have just been bidding all the time. What's that? The games in Spain will be fought for in vain? Oh, <laughs> sorry. They, sorry, everybody. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that. Uh, Anne Fullwood, uh, you're, I, know, I know you have uh, lots of other issues besides sport on your uh, radar, but uh, what's caught your attention in sport this well, last week? Well, Deb, I think really, uh, as uh, Amy's just said, you know, the metaphor in many ways of sport and politics is the thing that I was sort of drawing together here today, and I think there are lessons from from the fabulous Rusty Hewitt and his wonderful performance at the US Open. He's come, you know, he's still in the game. He was there, he fought on. And what did I read? He's giving tutorials on defeat with dignity. So that's one thing for our politicians to remember today. <laughs> Another thing is that uh, you train for victory. So all of us who play sport, and all of us have, I mean, I've played a lot of sport in my time, of course, um, and you train and you've got to be fit for victory. You've got to be fit to win. So there's a bit of a metaphor. And also, I remember throughout this campaign, you know how netball has suddenly become the new black. I mean, netball. <laughs> 
has been it's fantastically over publicized and which is great because it is what the highest participant sport in the nation there's it's all coming to an end today uh, finals people are winning finals i know at heffron there's a huge crowd out there there are rush out there are, um, stacks of um uh, bottlenecks and things, cars all over the place, east and I think over at Moore Park this morning I noticed that uh, friends of mine were down there, netball finals, so there's something is building to a crescendo here today and there were, the winners will be celebrating mightily. Now that could mean netballers, that could mean politicians but I thought there are some gorgeous analogies here today. And you've got a final coming up tomorrow morning or tomorrow, yeah tomorrow morning isn't it? Oh I do, well Debbie, where did you find that out? That's very clever oh, of you. I, I have my sources. Very good source Yes, tennis, but you know, I'm the older I get, the better I was, everybody. <laughs> so, um, used to play a lot, just playing a little funny little final with a girlfriend of mine. A funny little final. Well, we're playing <laughs> a club match, it. actually. We take it very, we get very earnest about it, but um, <laughs> yes, it's, it's all good. And of course, my Mighty Blues, uh, the Mighty Blue Bag is Carlton. Scraped in. Are, yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. saying we're in it. Don't worry, we're there. You, and, and you don't feel guilty about taking that, that spot from Essendon? Absolutely not. Well, you Considering know that... the reason they're out, oh, my no. goodness. No, I okay. no, no. didn't no, mean. I'm very. <laughs> didn't mean to get you on your high Very strong horse. on that. <laughs> I, I was curious, though, how will you feel? Will you feel if Carlton do, do get through tomorrow and beat Richmond, then they'll be playing the Swans in Sydney next week? Always the the um, dichotomy. It's always the challenge for me because the Swans. We're all you know licking our wounds today. I mean, you cheer for the Swans when you're in <laughs> Sydney when they're playing Carlton. Well, clearly I'll be cheering for Carlton. Yeah, poor old Swans. Look, like they're really mm. limping into the finals this year, don't they? Yeah, you don't want to peak too early. You see, in anything really. There's another metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> you're full of them today, aren't you? <laughs> Miss Metaphor and Forward is uh, part of our panel today. Also, Amy Hetzel from ABC News Twenty Four and Joe Mackey, a freelance sports journalist. And we'll move on to one of the big topics of the week in a moment. You're on Hens FC. Nolda being here, slavery. Is it a natural condition in the Bible? Is Kevin Rudd right? Well, Leviticus 25 says I may possess slaves, both male and female, provided they are purchased from neighbouring nations. Well, isn't it about time we Aussies owned a New Zealander or two? Slavery. Find out from our experts if it's biblically okay on ABC Local Radio, Digital Radio and streamed live online on Sunday night. You're listening to ABC Grandstand's Hens FC. Hens FC. On ABC Local Radio. Todd Greenberg remains tight-lipped over his role in the Ben Barber affair, the NRL's head of football refusing to comment on allegations he covered up alleged domestic violence by the Bulldogs fullback. He publicly denied rumours the Dalian medalist had assaulted his then-partner Ainsley Curry, but that has now been brought into question after a damning photograph published in Sydney Sunday Telegraph. Former Dogs boss Todd Greenberg is under increasing pressure to reveal what he knew about the alleged incident. Today, the NRL's head of football launched a nine-a-side pre-season tournament, then fled for the fire escape to avoid questioning. Todd Greenberg had fears for the mental state of Ben Barber. Is that an acceptable defence, do you think? 
and Barber had an alcohol problem and also gambling. And if you go right back to the first one, how many times do you read in the paper that um, someone's hit someone and it's all because of alcohol? So that was the really primary, prime concern. Barber's ex-partner continues to deny all claims of physical abuse. But Canterbury coach Des Hasler confirmed she did speak to the club about concerns she had about Barber. The simple thing is though, Ainsley Curry's coming out and saying, I'm not saying anything, we're moving on and we're going up to Brisbane together. So, look, I don't know where it goes, but everyone's trying to dig up more dirt or whatever, but I think what Todd Greenberg did at the time was 100% right in getting his um, problem with alcohol and gambling and also getting on with the players as well. If it's found that there has been a cover-up, and let's remember it's a cover-up of not just domestic violence, because that's only an allegation, it's actually a cover-up of the allegation as well. He said Ben Barber was ill, and then he said there's gambling and, and alcohol problems, but these problems date back for years. I, I don't think many people believe Todd Greenberg, and I don't think anyone could have pulled off that press conference like Todd Greenberg. I don't think there's another CEO in the NRL that could have done it. He is such a he's such a smooth operator in front of a microphone. To maintain the integrity of your sport, the fans have to believe that it's open and honest, it's transparent. cover-up occur and was it out of a concern for the victim or were they protecting their number one player? Would Todd Greenberg expect the other CEOs of the other clubs, now he's two I see the league, would he expect them to report it to him in now? The thing is, you can look after the welfare of the player, but you firstly have to look after the person who's been abused. And if his partner's come in and they've seen the photos, which apparently they have, their first duty is to go to the police. It's a requirement by law. When this story broke about the photo, the alleged assault, only a couple of days ago, and, and I, I immediately thought, well, Todd Greenberg's position at the NRL is untenable. I, I don't think he can carry on doing the job that he's doing. We have placed our trust, the game has placed their trust in Todd Greenberg to take on this senior role, and he's pulled the wall over everyone's eyes. The comments from Greg Alexander today were huge, and I know Greg well, I used to work with him, for him to come out and say things like that, this is something he's extremely passionate about. Well, what if it's found uh, through this independent senior counsel, Tony Bannon, that Todd Greenberg uh, acted inappropriately? Does he keep his role at the NRL? It's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. I believe this is an error of judgment of Todd Greenberg, but not one that should seem fallen his sword. At the time, you know, when she came in to speak, she came, uh, you know, uh, looking for support. But as I said, I was quite happy uh, with the procedures uh, that the club went through. Well, the debate started while we were listening to that track pretty much here in the studio and I, th I thought it was interesting. It was one of those topics that when I put it together, I thought there's so many men giving their opinion on this. We haven't heard a lot of female opinion on how this whole saga has played out. 
Joe Mackey, what's what's well, your response? You, what you don't want me to start with? You no, go on, no, go first. Jump in. Look, it's a it's a a terrible thing that we're talking about it again after a couple of other issues that we've already seen and we think we would have learned from Robert Louis maybe later last year. Um, obviously, Ben Teo case, but that was never proven. I feel sorry for Ainsley Curry. I feel sorry for Ben Barber. I wish or I hope she does have the strength to come out and and say it's it's and talk about it and just go, look, it's not on. I mean, obviously she doesn't want to and that's within her right. However, as we were just talking before, Todd Greenberg, perhaps, I think he should have told the NRL, let them know what was going on before it all breaks, obviously, in a paper and then everyone gets stirred up about it. But it's a very, as we were talking to Amy, it's a very difficult issue to discuss. I mean, nobody wants to be in her shoes. And you hope that what... Todd Greenberg did it was for the right reasons because he knew something was going on. So get him off the park. But unfortunately, he came back four weeks four weeks later to play Ben Barber. Yes. Can you fix yourself in four weeks? Mm. Oh, when the well, if there's a big that, that big a problem, I'd say it's a a well, very it, long process. Yes, it? it goes but they, on. But they have said that his treatment was continuing, and at the time they said that the advice from his rehab people was that he needed to get back into a normal environment and continue his treatment. But, yes, I mean, I, I, I understand yeah, I, I understand the question yeah, you're raising. Yeah, yeah. The question that I have, though, is, like, if you follow the story through, Ainsley Curry is supposed to have gone to Todd Greenberg and I think Des, Des Hasler, Hasler was mm. involved as well and said, I don't, want, I don't want this to go public. I want help for him, um, you know, so, and if she asks them to deal with it in confidence, surely that's her decision and she has a right for that decision to be respected. I also take your point mm. about maybe he should have told the NRL. Um, but obviously I, it is a domestic violence issue. And, I mean, if, yeah, you've got to protect, obviously Todd felt he was protecting this young woman. And sure. That's, and, that's, and that's great. But and, I think and she wanted gonna, to protect her partner yeah. and her children. But she's got to protect herself too. Yes, yeah, I think that's a key yeah. point here. She must protect because herself. She, I mean, how big is she, this issue in the community? She's we talk back about in, it so yeah, much. Queensland, and, he's moving back up, obviously, to play Brisbane Broncos. He wants to be with his family, obviously Ainsley and his kids. Let's hope that we don't see a repeat, that mm. this doesn't happen again. Mm. Amy, in any code. Your, your reaction? My reaction is that I think Todd Greenberg handled this quite well, dealing with it internally. And look, there's there's calls now from within the rugby league community and outside of um, the rugby league community for Todd Greenberg's head. Um, mm. for him to we just heard some of them in that, that package. Exactly. Yeah. And and look, I'm not going to hide the fact that I, I'm a huge fan of Todd Greenberg as a sports administrator. I have a lot of respect for him in that capacity. And I think we really need to respect um, the role, uh, I mean, sorry, the, the position of Ainsley Curry in this. If, if it was her wishes for it to be dealt with out of the media spotlight, then I 100% think that was the right thing to do. I think a, a a lot of the time, potentially, the reason why women don't come forwards, potentially, in these positions um, is that they don't want that media attention. So I think Todd Greenberg potentially did the right thing dealing with it internally and not putting the spotlight on an otherwise very complicated issue. Mm. Well, it's funny. I, I know I've spoken to a few newspaper journalists and they were outraged. They felt that Todd Greenberg had lied. I think if you actually go back to his original press conference about it, he said it's not a police matter. And I remember thinking at the time, well, therefore no crime has been committed. But I guess it's not a police matter because 
Ainsley didn't want it to be a police matter. So I guess he didn't specifically lie uh, and he probably did honour her wishes. But uh, the thing that got me most, though, was a lot of these male sports journalists were like outraged because, oh, he kept the story from us. But I'm sort of thinking, yeah, I understand that. And, and, and they're sort of hiding it behind this outrage about domestic violence. We're supposed to be doing something about it. But really having uh, your personal issues, blo- uh, you know, in the headlines of a paper... I'm not sure that that really helps you deal with domestic violence. Well, but we should not be covering up domestic mm. violence. That is a key too, Deb. We really must make... Ainsley doesn't want to be the flag bearer to be the example on and, the front and page either, I know. And she has a right to choose? And she has a right to choose, but... The great the, the 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 difficulty here is damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm. They're in a, you know, this is a highly publicised game. It's you know everybody wants every last she's little not piece the of. First though, Anne. There's been so well, many that's an before. even bigger problem you know, then. If she's not the first, thing. I mean, this is the this is the deep concern. Now, she's not. She didn't lay charges, but I do. Look, I do believe that if this uh, Greenberg did cover up allegations, if he was aware of them. I mean, we all have a responsibility in the community. We all have a responsibility to those who we, who are closest to us and who we need to care for. But and how this- does he help her by going public with it? It's when you say cover up. Yet, to an extent, yes, he stopped it from becoming public, mm. but it's not as it if was he- going to come. I would say it was. She's got. I saw that picture of her. Something's going to come become public of it because the chatter starts mm. and people, t- yes, you know, people rumors, and there were yeah. pe- pictures and there were rumours. I saw. And well, she's still and the denying, photo. but she still denies that anything happened. Well, yes. through her lawyers. I mean, so, um, yes. I mean, what happened to yes, what, the mm. sorry, the women's right to choose, which is such a big slogan in mm. so many other contexts. Does yeah, anyone well, feel yeah, that well, she has a right to choose how the how? I mean, she obviously didn't want to pretend. <clears throat> pardon me, pretend that it didn't happen because she went to the club and said, there is a problem, I I want you people to deal with it. Um, and and it's not as if they said, oh, well, just forget it ever happened. They did actually do some, uh, you know, sort of book him in for, for rehab. Now, you know, I don't know whether, whether sufficient was done in that department. I guess it's not for us to judge. Can he, can he stand down from the sport for... A year, or can he stand down well, for the? Well, they re- did that with Robert Louis. Mm. Why well, don't we the just Cowboys take them out of the furnace? Can't take them out of them. I no. think that's potentially a better solution. Remove them. Uh, yeah, from, just here. From let's you're out. You know, we're mm. we're going to deal with this, and well, everybody's what about their, out. What about their income then? Well, I'm sorry, um, you probably have to punishes- have a. But there's an insu- Maybe there's a way. Maybe this is something for a bigger picture. Insurance, the uh, responsibility that you have. You know, I take out trauma insurance or income protection insurance. Maybe we can think about that as a way to. Mm. Or clubs have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to those who work for us, or mm. those who um, play. You know, play sport mm. for us, or who we're we're employing, which is what Barbara is, perhaps you say, listen, we give you a year um, and you come back, you go and do everything that you can to rehabilitate yourself. I mean, can I raise James Hurd? You know, he's out for a year and out and uh, and coming back in a year. Mm. Is there a parallel? I think there probably is. 
Possibly. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, but, that's uh, not no, so, no, no, not in a domestic violence, not in a domestic issue, but yeah, I know you, what you give mean, people yeah, someone who... the space. Sorry, Ben, you're having a year off, my friend. You're going to sort yourself out. If you so want to play this game, discipline, commitment, will you be disciplined, will be disciplined. Um, I don't know. That... I, I agree. And I think, look, players are paid when they're injured for a year. You know, yeah. They, they blow out their knee and they have to have a reconstruction. Generally, they're, they're subsidised during their re- rehabilitation. And whether it's body or mind i think clubs need to support players during their rehabilitation Mm. and maybe incentivize them listen you know we'll renew this you get yourself sorted and you know with the will of all these good people around you including your partner and the mother of your children get back in the bosom of your family if that's a good place to be Mm. you know some families are closer than others and get yourself sorted yeah, it's a it's a, it's an issue with so many layers in it, and and I think sometimes people, uh, particularly within the media, they feel ripped off that they didn't get the sensational headline. I think there's well, a bit of did. that. There's a bit of Photos. backlash. Sure. Well, yes, they did, I guess, but at the time yeah. they they Couple wanted it. What there. about the? But um, this is a taking responsibility thing. I think the media, you know, acknowledges that too, and I think this is where there's this grey area. Mm. I believe stand up, take responsibility. You know, admit what the situation is right now and this is how we're sorting it Mm. rather than try and cover it up. I agree, but I do think that the priority needs to be on solving these issues, not on media headlines. So if it comes down to choosing between the two, I think the most important thing is to sort out what's going on in that relationship and and look into rehabilitation rather than splash it across the front pages of the newspapers because that's not really going to help anyone. Does anyone think Todd Greenberg should st- – I mean, Joe, you, you sort of were making noises along the lines that maybe you think his position is untenable now at the at the NRL? Well, it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, he was very good at what he did at the Bulldogs. Different role. Obviously, he's playing with the NRL. It's Look, I, I don't know. I, I really don't want to say because, I mean, everyone's got an opinion about it and – I don't want to say this bloke's done the wrong thing because in his mind he thought he was doing the right thing. If he has done the wrong thing, is one wrong thing enough to cost him his job. I think someone in that audience... But it is a serious incident. If it was something else like a drinking, like a Blake Ferguson out on the grog, missing training, this is a bit different, I think. Mm. Uh, Amy, do you, well, you've already said you're a Todd Greenburn fad, so you wouldn't like to see him depart from the NRL because of this? No, I think he has a lot to offer the NRL going forwards and he was essentially groomed for that position and, mm. and higher ones. So I think he has a lot to offer and I don't think this should taint his career going forwards. And <laughs> Look, I don't know enough about it. I'm sorry to yeah. offer an opinion in that sense. But I do think that uh, if I may quote a piece in the paper today, you know, John Quayle, all those years ago when he was running league, said, running a sport, always make a decision yourself. Don't palm them off to anybody else. Mm. And I do think you have to take responsibility. If you're going to be at this level of executive uh, run, in a sport, you've got to actually, you know, carry the big decisions and be big enough to face up to them. Now, whether that means he should be stood down or not, I'm... Not well enough across this or you know, this issue to be able to make a okay. comment one way or the other. Fair enough. Uh, this is Hens FC. Joe Mackey, 
freelance sports journalist Amy Hetzel, who's a sports presenter at ABC News 24 and former sports journalist, now Australian Financial Review columnist and forward. Next, we're going to check in with the Sydney Rugby League Grand Final, the Women's Rugby League Grand Final from North Sydney Oval. That's coming up next on Hens FC. G'day, folks. Shane Jacobson here. Look, I'm not sure if you know this, but every year a bunch of authors, booksellers and publishers put together the ultimate list of the top 50 Aussie books you can't put down. There's something for everyone, including the kids. So if you're looking for a guaranteed great read, head to the Get Reading website. There's also a competition where you've got a chance of winning all 50 top Aussie books. For details, go to getreading.com.au. Get Reading, proudly supported by ABC Local Radio. On ABC Grandstand. You're listening to ABC Grandstand's Hens FC. Hens FC. On ABC Local Radio. Online and on Grandstand Digital. <laughs> Debbie Spillane, your host, Joe Mackey, Amy Hetzel and Fullwood are on our panel today for Hens FC. And there's a big women's sporting event going on as we speak just across the other side of Sydney. And it is the Women's Rugby League Grand Final. It's Canley Heights Dragons taking on the Forestville Ferrets. They kicked off around about 1 o'clock, so we must be getting close to half time. Lisa Fayola, a dual international rugby league and rugby union, is one of the officials at the game, and she joins us now on the line. Hi, Lisa. How are you? How are you? I'm good, thank you, Debbie. How are you? Fine. Fine. So what's the score? At the moment, it's 14-0 to um, Canley Dragons. And is that the kind of scoreline you expected? Were they reasonably hot favourites for this or not? Yeah, uh, Canley Dragons have been undefeated all season this year, so um, they've been pretty much looking like the top-class team. But also saying um, Forest Ball Ferrets, uh, I know quite a bit about them. I used to play for them a few years back, but they uh, keep coming back, so it could be anyone's game, really. G'day, Lisa. It's Joe Mackey. I just want to touch on, obviously, we've got to talk weather condition. It's a winter sport, but you're playing in summer conditions. How are the girls faring? Yeah, um, I think the winter sport might sort of have to take away the winter bit. It's very, very hot today, about 28 degrees, I think. So uh, they're looking all right, though, actually, for that heat. So, <laughs> you know. Is it, is is it, it an open, is it a wide open game? Uh, well, as in, you mean like... Uh, are they throwing the ball around and making breaks, or is it just up the middle? They're actually uh, using the ball really well across the, the whole game um, and they're scoring, like, canley has been scoring their tries out on the wing, so they've got a fantastic winger out there uh, who's catching a lot of high balls and running away with it. So, yeah, they're using the field really well. Lisa, Amy Hetzel here. I just have a question. Look, you've been involved with the sport. You've been in and around the field for a long time now. How have you seen the popularity of women's rugby league grow over the years? Oh, Amy, at the moment for, uh, for this for the last couple of years, actually, it's been really um, positive. I've seen a few, a lot of new faces around, um, but then it's still kind of like a dominant, um, like Canley Vale Dragons, you know, dominant team, one team sort of uh, competition, really. But I'm um, saying that this year it's been um, quite competitive all the way through. So now the teams that come second, third, and fourth are really um, in the close, close to it. That's all. Lisa, it's Anne Forward here. Look, I'm a bit of the colour here this afternoon listening to this. I know it's a contact sport, but is anybody standing on the sideline? I can hear lots of cheering. Is anybody calling out, run, forest, run, Lisa? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, 
we've got like a, a, a dress-up mascot for the forest bull ferret. Uh, she's looking pretty hot in her duck suit, so it's not really a ferret, but I think they'll come close to it. Forest bull has been very popular this, uh, this campaign, shall I say, hasn't it? Yeah, they have. I mean, they've come from, from the bottom and um, been the bottom of the table. And then obviously it's on the games, the games that count, that they've really come through with the goods. So they're here at the grand finals, um, which is the credit to them. Hey, Lisa, just a quick question. There's talk that uh, New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup might be playing maybe grand final day. Is that something you'd like to see maybe the women's comp do, be on the big stage? Oh, absolutely. That'll be it. Uh, that'll be the... Uh, the icing on the cake, so to speak. So uh, everyone, yeah, that would be actually absolutely a dream. Is that the end of the, the first of... half? Yeah, did we just <laughs> hear the siren go? We just heard the siren and I think the girls are relieved for it. They're looking, heading straight for the shares or the shades actually. So, yeah, it's, it's looking good. So still 14-0 in favour of the Canley Heights Dragons? Still 14-0 to the Canley Dragons. Okay, and what sort of crowd do you got there? We can hear a fair bit of noise in the background. Mm. Actually, there is quite a few uh, supporters here today, which is uh, quite lovely. It's, we've got it at a really nice oval at um, North Sydney Oval here. So um, oh, no. there's, there's some lovely shows here for everyone too. So yeah, there's a few big numbers out here, so it's looking quite positive. Now, Lisa, I, I know you, you played for the Warringah Ratettes last weekend. Congratulations, in the, in, Water Park. Yes, in the Rugby Union Grand Final. You're a grandmother and you're, you're still playing and, and, you, and you're double dipping really in a sense, aren't you? A bit of Rugby Union, a bit of Rugby League. Yeah, I do a little bit of that. <laughs> um, but being um, a grandmother, not quite yet. In February I'll be uh, officially a grandmother. But, yeah, got told the good news about a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, playing rugby union's been, um, been sort of like the, the, a popular thing over at the beaches end. That's where we live. So, And then, thank goodness, uh, rugby league come through too as well. So I get the best of both worlds, really. Well, it's a funny thing, Lisa. I don't know whether you know this, but uh, Julie Burgess, who's the most famous mother in rugby league going around at the moment, I heard she's six foot one. I didn't realise that. How fabulous. I love her. She used to play a bit of uh, rugby league herself i think she they come from yorkshire in uh, the uk but also could kick as well so there's a bit of a uh, you know a little topical moment for you as well so uh, maybe this is going to be the new black going forward uh, what's julie's phone number exactly i'll have her on board my team any day she'd be good <laughs> wouldn't she sounds like she you know big big strong tall woman and uh, someone said got the great gene pool obviously with those four sons of hers going around but um fabulous that she was keeping fit good for fitness too i imagine i mean i i remember i played touch lisa years ago touch football in sa and um loved it but it's great for fitness Oh, look, touch football is the background. I, I play better touch as well. Might have seen you on the paddock myself, really. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, touch football and then football, rugby league and rugby union, all of it's fantastic. I mean, you get the ball in your hand, you get a, a nice paddock to play on and you get to play with all your mates. What else could you ask for? No, I used to no, want to kick, kick, you know, you know rather than oh, how to duck and wave and pass backwards, backwards, you see. <laughs> you know, all right, well, uh, we, we better let you go and uh, get regroup for the second half and uh, we'll Neve Owens in settling the scores in the next hour will uh, let our listeners know what the result was in that uh, women's rugby league grand final Canley Heights Dragons Forestville Ferrets they're at half time at the moment and as Lisa Fayola Dual International has just told us it's 14-0 the Dragons who've been undefeated this year the Canley Heights team in front will uh, as I said give you a score update or a final score in the next hour on ABC Grandstand. You're listening to Hens FC.
If there's a song for every major moment in your life, what would my life as a playlist sound like? Keep listening because we're about to uncover your favourite songs for occasions like birthdays, childhood, love and heartbreak, weddings and funerals. Be one of our programmers for My Life as a Playlist, launching September the 16th at abc.net.au slash playlist. ABC Grandstand. You're listening to ABC Grandstand's Hens FC. Hens FC. On ABC Local Radio. Online and on Grandstand Digital. <laughs> Police and the St Kilda Football Club are investigating reports a dwarf entertainer was set on fire by one of the club's players at a so-called Mad Monday event. Reports suggest entertainer Blake Johnston was hired by the AFL club's players to perform at a function in South Melbourne. Players allegedly began lighting each other's clothes on fire before one turned his attention to performer Blake Johnston. Someone hired two dwarfs for entertainment, which is disgusting in itself, but what they did then is set fire to one of them. For some inexplicable reason, St Kilda players were walking around with a lighter and lighting the back of each other's shirts. Apparently they were all wearing some sort of costumes which were made out of something flammable and somebody thought it would be funny to uh, put a match to it. Which, strictly speaking, is not, not funny. NFL boss Andrew Dimitriou is no stranger to reports of poor behaviour at Mad Monday functions. But on Channel 7's Talking Footy show last night, he dissolved into giggles when told a dwarf entertainer had reportedly been set alight. I thought they were having me on. I thought it was a joke. Well, I went behind my friend, uh, got one of those gas lighters that you light up a stove and basically lit him up out of his shirt and pants got on fire. It's the sick trick that sparked controversy across the country. A man doing his job, dwarf entertainer Blake Johnston, set on fire for the amusement of AFL players. I could be in the hospital right now, in a bed. Who set you on fire? Clint Jones. Clinton Jones. Johnston has accepted an apology from the 29-year-old. Jones has been fined $3,000. Mate, how far is too far? When he's set on fire. Now, I've got to confess, when I first heard this story, this happened on one of my days off this week, and I sort of had the news on in the background, and I thought they said that St Kilda players had set fire to a wharf, and I thought, gee, that's pretty out there, isn't it? Set fire to a wharf. And then I actually heard, the and it was even crazier than setting fire to a wharf. Yes, they set fire to a dwarf. Firstly, reactions, everybody, everyone's just gobsmacked. I'm totally gobsmacked here. I mean, I and I've talked to you about it, I know Deb already, but dwarfs, all of us go and do jobs and get paid for, you know, to MC a function, all of us try and make money here and there. So everybody should be able to 
go and earn a living in some way. And these guys obviously were paid to come along and do whatever whatever dwarfs do when they but, entertain people. Yeah, I don't know. I but so. I just can't believe, I cannot believe it that someone's got a gas fire lighter and lights this guy. Yeah. I am just, I just, I, I can't laugh. I just cannot laugh. I'm hearing all this laughter and I'm thinking, how can this possibly be? I can't. I just don't get it. No. no I'm sorry. I really don't. I, I just. These well, little guys are there doing a job, being paid. I don't think they were paid very much either. I think they should have been paid a lot more than they were. Well, yeah, if if you can believe the uh, current affair report, what was it, they said $250 each. So, uh, I mean, look, I, I think people, I, I like your opinion on that, Anne, that, yes, some people have said, you know, it's it's wrong that dwarves are, are being hired to do that kind of thing. Yes, I agree that they should have a right to work. Any, anyone sort of feel that there's... Well, this is extra money on the side. They probably have other jobs. But mm. I think, you know, if you're an entertainer and you are in this entertainment game, then it's a, you know, free country and it's we're out there trying sure. to make some money. I, I would think, though, to me the question is, at some point when someone says, how about we hire a couple of dwarves for Mad Monday... Don't you think somebody might have thought this will not end well? I would have hoped so, Deb. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not denying them a chance to, to do their entertainment, but I don't know, given that Mad Mondays so often go wrong. They do. They they have a history of going very wrong, Deb. Mm. But uh, I have to admit I was at, at work when this story broke and and when I read about it, it just it filled me with rage because not only at how appalling the behaviour was but also because for another time this season, I would have to be reporting on off-field issues. You know, I, I'm yeah. just, I, I would just love to talk yeah. about football. You know, I'm getting quite tired of reporting on these off-field issues when really they're, they're not sport. It's just appalling behaviour in any realm of society. Joe Mackey, what do you think? Oh, Deb, as I said to you the other day, St Kilda, it was the only thing they lit up this year because they're Ugh. not in the finals. Ugh. But just, you know, this, and I believe is it Stephen Milner, one of the players actually emailed him and said, look, you weren't doing your job. You, oh, really? Yeah, what? yeah, emailed him and said that we, we hired you to do a job, which was be a fake uh, security, security guard. guard. Mm. Yeah, and oh, he said all yeah. you did was, was sitting on your tush the whole time. So he's pulling oh, it look, back it just on this gets worse. Poor, I mean, the Mad fellow. Monday, this whole Mad Monday thing is a... Well, like, um, how intoxicated are, you know, are these blokes? Exactly. Well, well, I'd be Amy, going you, off... Hmm. Sorry, I was going to say, Amy's been involved in a team sport involving hmm. women. Women's teams, when, I mean, obviously there are things you get to the end of a big tournament or, you know, you won a medal at the Olympics. What did the team do afterwards? And did it have to have involved something really appalling? <laughs> No, I mean, we were over the moon. The first thing we did, I think, was head to the 24-hour McDonald's in the Olympic Village to get some oh. fast food because it had been about, you know, two years since any of us had had a hamburger. Um, <laughs> after that, you know, we, we had a few beers and we enjoyed ourselves and we had a laugh, we had a dance, but we didn't light anyone on fire, nor was there did the thought ever cross anyone's mind. It's just rid- absolutely ridiculous that this behaviour would have occurred. But this you, you're grown-ups, you're behaving, you know, you're enjoying the fun and the camaraderie and the victory and having a mm. few beers as we all would want to do or vino or whatever we want to have in a space set aside for us probably, not out there lording it over everybody else and disrupting everybody else's, else's lives. You're in your own private celebration area, I assume. Exactly. And, and look, I never had to deal with the media scrutiny that professional footballers do. We obviously didn't have the public profile. 
saying that it didn't mean that we got away with anything as bad as that but look footballers whether they like it or not they have these public profiles and um and look the media exposure and the, and the sponsorship goes a long way to paying their bills so Absolutely. they need to respect that and they need to understand that if they behave like this yes it is going to be front page news and there needs mm. to be a lot more accountability i would have liked to see the book thrown at this player oh. i can't believe that he got away with a, a three thousand dollar fine i think the the negative attention um that it drew really towards the sport should have been dealt with a lot more harshly joe do you think there's a any uh, sort of use in talking about banning mad monday is that no, I feasible oh, i don't know they could go to a health resort for mad monday a retreat or something like that well, does it have to involve grog because they're probably i think a, so apparently uh, yeah okay oh um, we like we all like having a celebration but, but you know but they, there might be some champagne open this evening by some people i can um, you know but, but if it's been such a bad season you know what do you got to celebrate well you've come to the end as, and you, as can... you said amy that you do have to let off steam Try and do that somewhere else. Why do you have to go down to a pub? And all the media outlets seems to know where they are because they all line up wanting to catch them. Geelong are famous for, for being down at the pub and everyone's there waiting for these blokes to come down their outfits. But, look, I, I keep it going, but just, like, keep it in-house. It's amazing what, what TV cameras and media attention does to people too. All of a sudden, you know, you might be just a reasonable and measured sort of human being and then all of a sudden you see it and you know young kids you see well on the election campaign you see young kids and so on and selfies and this madness that follows tv cameras and a media phalanx it's it, it does things to people actually we've all got to start thinking hang on a second i'm in the public eye i have a responsibility and i ought to just watch what i do yes it uh, fame begets a big responsibility and you can't avoid it if you want to be in that high-profile sport, have those wonderful salaries and play this fantastic game. A lot of these blokes, though, have mad Fridays, have mad Saturdays. It's just at <laughs> well, the end of the season. the thing. When I was playing yeah. elite sport, I think we were lucky to have, you know, a glass of wine twice a year. Um, mm. But obviously that's a bit different. But, you know, there's been a lot of stories about the binge drinking culture that, that goes with being an athlete because mm. generally you only get a couple of opportunities a year maybe to blow off some steam and, and let your hair down a bit. Footballers, I think it's a little bit different, but I think for good reason. You know, it's 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 something that as an athlete, you're under this intense physical, emotional, mental pressure all of the time. And, and like anyone in a, in a hard job, you do need to let off some steam every now and then, but it's about doing it responsibly. Um, and then, and, yeah, yeah, no excuse. You're in under pressure. That's fine. Businessmen are, business owners exactly, are, it's not enterprising women are. Mm, exactly. <laughs> it's not limited to sport. So you're in there or you're not. Exactly. All right. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, do you think it's a guy thing? Do you think men are more no, prone to I'm this? Sure or there's some women oh, out I there. Oh, I don't that... think so. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I but I think the court. issue is that men's sport obviously has a higher profile in yeah. this country. So more income. They, they're going to get higher income. They're also going to get a lot more media exposure. So we are alerted to these issues when they occur. All right. Uh, we've still got pecking order to come, but it's also been a big week for tennis. And I know we've got some very keen tennis fans sitting here at the desk today. So uh, let's actually, I just thought, uh, I don't know if you've noticed the slogan for the US Open tennis this year. This has been the slogan. I'm assuming it's taken from this song. Thank you. 
I wake up every night, every day. I know that it's you I need to take the blues away. It must be love, love, love. Yes, Anne's <laughs> going to be mouthing away. Oh. Is it madness? Yes, yes it's it madness. Is. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Amy was singing along. It must be love, and I I don't know. I'm yes. I or th- madness. I th- it's a great song. <laughs> it love is tennis. Love for tennis. Love. Yes, I guess so. And but I was thinking, you know, if the slogan is "It must be love," then it must be a Serena match, and it must yeah. be written about her opponent. <laughs> well, it was also used. The uh, didn't they women. sing for the um, uh, wedding of um, William and Kate? Didn't they? Didn't went madness on the roof of Buckingham Palace? And oh, I think that was the Queen's fiftieth. Oh, the bells are celebrating. Well, yeah, well, maybe maybe both. I, England I was admit. so busy then. I didn't know. I can't remember what I was watching. Anyway, yes. Um, so, uh, just quickly round the round the panel. What what have you enjoyed most about the U.S. Open so far? I know Anne's into Rusty. Well, well Hewitt, Hewitt, I think look wonderful. You know, sixteen years is it since he was in? Yeah. The, how many sixteen years after his debut at the Australian Open? Still, but just what a fighter and. Oh, I was gutted that he was five three up serving for the match in the third yeah. set. Oh, in the fifth set. I mean, he had a couple of chances against Usney. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the other thing I think is the Serena Williams. I mean, six love, six love against. Suarez well, that's what Navarra. I was saying. I mean, it must be love. Yeah, this thumping. Yeah, <laughs> double bagel. I mean, Serena looks like she's hot and on for what she wins love and three I think overnight and Serena often getting to a final she looks a bit as you do when you're coming to the crescendo in the last five minutes you know in the final moment to you know prepare for victory and she used to she sometimes gets a bit shaky and might lose a set but I think she's just going to thunder through this year, straight sets. She's a bit polarising, Serena Williams. Do, do, you, do you ladies think that she gets a fair go with the media? That oh, I think she does. Oh, I grew up in the era of Steffi Graf. I loved Steffi Graf. I used to play when I was a, a younger lady. And love Steffi Graf. I, I am. I think what's disappointing me, I, I don't watch the tennis anymore. I'm so disappointed with women's tennis. You, I'm you've, with you. You've got yeah. a 31-year-old woman and good honor for still playing Kimiko da- uh, not Kimiko Date Lena 31 Carla Suarez Navarro nobody's ever heard of her unless you really follow the tennis you had mm. Flavia Panetta who I'm sure was in the 20s five years ago, if these women hang around long enough, they seem to make some uh, finals. I mean, once upon a time, we had Devotna, we had Sanchez, Vicario, Sabatini, all top six players. They would be making the quarters and semis. Now, you don't know who you are. So everyone just knows Serena Williams. So, and she's great for a soundbite. Oh, and she's look, great I for think, a soundbite. Yeah. Yeah. And she is a great player. She but, is. She's but it does. I, grand slams, I've had the, yeah, exactly. But I've had the same sort of feeling as you. It's almost like there are so many women that are just hanging around earning their earning good pieces, money yeah. on, on the tennis tour without really getting. I mean, this. But Venus is still playing. She's mm. still getting a couple of quid. Yeah. I mean, they I lost mean, I, their doubles uh, semi, but she's still there making enough money and occasionally causing an upset. Mm. Mm. And, you know, really, maybe that, yes, that's all they want. There's not that hunger and that fight and that desperation. But there's not, and too, and there's no rivalries anymore. No, yes, no, you right. don't have the, the Everett Lloyd, Martina Navratilova. Yeah. Or the the Steffi and, and and Martina Hingis or Steffi and, and Arantxa Sanchez Vicario. There's none of that in the men's. Sure. Yeah. 
Neve Owens, who's uh, coming on shortly for Settling the Scores, joins us now. And Neve, um, you will check the uh, Women's Rugby League Grand Final, won't you? We certainly do, Will. We're deep into the second half now, so we'll have a full-time score for you in Settling the Score after 2 o'clock. We're going to check in on a heap of other Grand Finals that are on around the place too, Deb. We've got Group 10, Group 11, uh, Northern Rivers Rugby League have their Grand Final today as well. We'll check in with the Shoot Shield and the New South Wales Cup too. So there's plenty of finals footy happening around the place and in very warm conditions. Yes, yeah, we were yeah, that we were hearing from the women they're all heading straight to the shade at halftime in the in the rugby league. All right, that's all after the news at 2 and gee, we're getting close to the news at 2 already, so it's time for us to just do our quick fire round at the end of the show. This is what we like to call pecking order. Some of the stories from the sports week that we haven't got to yet, and I'll just ask the ladies for a, a quick opinion on which of these stories uh, grabbed them most. The new Melbourne coach, Paul Roos, says it's going to be vital that the club is happy for him to take only a short-term role. They have to be wedded to a succession plan, and this is not necessarily about me, and they had to be wedded to what I was going to bring to the football club. Australian spinner Farwood Ahmed recently requested to wear a game shirt that didn't have a Victoria Bitter logo on it. I'm now joined by a man who's pretty unimpressed by it, though, former Australian all-rounder Doug Walters. I think you either wear the uniform or uh, you don't get selected. He's quite happy to take the money, I'll bet. The West Coast Eagles board is now faced with the task of replacing the man described by the chief executive as the most influential figure in the club's history. Courtney Bembridge report. John Walsfold told the club yesterday it was the right time for him to go because he didn't have the energy or enthusiasm to continue. <laughs> Gareth Bale has been presented to fans of his new club, Real Madrid. The 24-year-old Welsh winger has been transferred from Tottenham in a deal worth $145 million. I just want to say that it's um, absolutely amazing to be here. It's a, it's a dream come true. <laughs> There was a bizarre press conference. It involved Blake Ferguson and Anthony Mundine. He sat in there and it was like he was a ventriloquist. Blake's not going to be doing any talking. He's, just going to, he's here to support me. I'm here to support my cuz. Yeah, I'll be doing the talking. That's what I, you know, I'm used to that, so it's all good. Okay, my hens panel, which of those stories captured your imagination most? Stand forward. All right. Paul Ruse, great man, hard man, proven competitor, good family man, great example, will help Melbourne. A good, I think, an inspired decision. Uh, see you, Woosha, one of the great warriors of AFL, Woosha Warsfold. Mm-hmm. Julie Burgess, the language teacher from a boys' school in Sydney with her four sons. Julie Burgess is my star. I know. Of, I, sorry, I love I her. Yes, I know. We didn't, oh. we didn't get to that. Now, oh, I'm sorry. And uh, go Carlton. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe Mackey, hens are pecking order. What did, yeah, what did you Anne, like from uh, there? I'll stick with Anne on the top one, then the cricket. Obviously, that's a big thing. I'll put... Anthony Mundine last. Oh, that, <laughs> and in between the that others. That was bizarre, that press oh. conference. And, and Was what, it a press conference or was it well, just Anthony? I have no idea. <laughs> um, Look, Amy Hetzel. Rosie, great to see him back coaching. Should have gone to Brisbane. I'm a Lions fan. I would have loved to see him there. Um, Gareth Bale. Highest paid uh, player in world football, almost enough to inspire me to take up the sport. (laughs) (laughs) Someone worked out what he was being paid a minute and it was something like hundreds of dollars per minute. Exactly. Time is precious, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for your participation today, ladies. Joe Mackey, freelance sports journalist. Amy Hetzel, sports presenter for ABC News 24 and an Olympic medalist. But... uh, and, and aren't we all? And Anne Forward, former sports rep, uh, reporter. Thanks, Dave.